Well, cheers to all you Phoenix Magazine podcast listeners. This is Matt Johnson, the director of digital content for the magazine. On today's episode of the Phoenix Magazine Brewery Spotlight podcast, we are on location visiting a throwback, but also a revival, the revival of Papago Brewing. It's now in Mesa at Mesa Riverview, the spot over there where there's a Cinemark Theater and the Bass Pro Shops. Uh, Jeff and Leah Huss, the owners of Huss Brewing, uh, have the Papago brand that uh, Leah used to co-own and manage the the old Papago Brewing, if you remember that spot in South Scottsdale in that strip mall. Uh, it closed a couple years ago, um, but it is revived. It's Papago Brewing 2.0, now in Mesa. So we talk with Jeff and Leah um, about their bringing it back, why it's important, uh, some of the old history of Papago Brewing, what it meant to kind of the establishing a craft beer bars like the original craft beer bar here in 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 the uh, in the valley, and with all kinds of great hard to find beers that they started introducing. Uh, so Papago Brewing is back. We talked with uh, Jeff and Leah Huss. The two owners, the husband and wife team, really a, a great interview with them. They, they, they're so important to the Arizona beer scene. Johan's back for this episode. And we we'll also want to mention Huss will be at Dishfest on March 5th. So make sure to come out, uh, check them out. It's at Clayton House in Scottsdale on that Sunday, March 5th from 11 o'clock if you're VIP or noon if you're general admission all the way up till 4 o'clock. It's going to be a great afternoon full of all kinds of great food, dishes, drinks. We're going to have a beer garden. Huss is going to be a part of that. We hope you can make it out. Get your tickets today. PhoenixMagazine.com slash DishFest. That's PhoenixMagazine.com slash DishFest. Now here's Jeff and Leah Huss. Johan, we're on location, Papago yeah. Brewing, the new location in uh, Mesa Riverview. We're with... After a, a few years of hiatus, huh? Six yeah. years. Six hiatus. years of hiatus. Mm-hmm. We're with uh, a couple people that have been doing this a long time, and they're they're kind of like the titans of industry now. Yeah. They're the third, they own the third biggest craft brewery in, in all of Arizona. It's Jeff and Leah Huss. Thanks so much for having us into this brand new Papago Brewing location. It's, it's Papago 2.0, right? Is that how... how you guys are describing it yes modern updated what a pub would feel like in this modern day and age not uh so much the throwback but kind of a little throwback because i like the english vibe yeah if you noted the the gold mirror yeah is that kind of the motif in here the decor is kind of like an english style pub kind of feel in here very much yes with way more taps than you'd find at almost any english (laughs) yes more than the six taps you'd get of hand pulls a lot less cask yeah 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 lots of colder beer yeah so carbonated. you guys are now uh it's it's just a you know a, a throw away from um uh where the cubs play spring training does this mean magic in the ivy is coming back jeff yes it does <laughs> <laughs> i know you guys are, are diehard cub fans are you still diehard cub Correct. fans yeah, jeff was, is a diehard yes. cubs fan so i wanted so to you're know. not a cubs fan my family are cardinals oh, oh see no, i was gonna okay. say my wife's from st louis yeah so. so you have to understand that central illinois is very much split about 50 50 oh, in yeah. fact his brother is a cardinals fan and my brother i have one that is a cubs fan and the rest of my family's cardinals so yeah 
But yes, it's, back to your Cubs. Yeah, uh, I mean, that's <laughs> still a fan through all the trade-offs and everything else. So yes. I wanted to know, I mean, you're a diehard Cubs fan. Is craft, does craft beer come first or do do the Cubs come first? What's your, what's your first true love here? Well, winning solves everything, right? <laughs> so <laughs> right now, right now we're a little bit more into the craft beer, I think, but we'll come back. Would you, would you take a Cubs World Series or a gold medal at Arizona Craft Beer Awards? Oh my God. Ooh. What, what would you, what would you pick first? I think you're overselling the awards right now, but yeah, you know, I, I don't know about that. Maybe in yeah. 10 years when yeah. it's, you know, GABF 2.0, but I know that 2016, I definitely cried when the Cubs won. So that uh, not only that, I ran out back and was like, listen, someone is going to call the cops after what you just went through. <laughs> the dog was hiding. I had to watch it outside on the patio because I was so sleeping. And, yeah. So are you guys going to do anything uh, like any activations when there's spring training going on? Like bring your ticket in, you get a like a one cent pint or something like that? We haven't figured that part no. out yet. I will tell you that the first home game is the 25th and we will be opening for lunch from that day forward. Um, and so, and people have been asking because they want to come in and use Wi-Fi and have lunch and hang out. Lots of industry people specifically. Um, but we are going to be doing the shuttle just like the roads were running back in the day. So um, we're going to do a $12 Chicago dog, build your own Chicago dog with a can of hams. And then you can hop on the shuttle and they'll take you over to the park. That's so, awesome. Yeah. I know Cub fans well, so make sure you have plenty of those hams on <laughs> on hand for that because they, uh, you know, they're not, they're they're into that. So, um, well, let's get into um, Papago Brewing. Why it's here? Uh, I, I, people who've been here for a while remember Papago. I remember Papago is kind of one of the first breweries that I ever came to in Arizona when I turned, you know, legal age to, to start drinking. And it was this great little spot in the strip mall around Scottsdale and McDowell. And Leah, you were a big part of that. And now you own that brand now through Huss and this brand new place. What what does it mean to you to, to kind of revive that kind of, I mean, it's it seems like it's ancient history, but it's not really because it, it was only what, like in the last 10 to 20 years, right? Right. So, we opened in 2001 in the strip mall. Um, I actually started there during the home opening week, or sorry, grand opening week. Um, I was fresh out of culinary school very quickly within a matter of days, became the manager. Um, within months, the managing partner ran it for 15 years. So um, when we first opened, we actually had a homebrew store inside. We were Arizona's first true craft beer bar. Um, and there were other places um, like Sun Devil Liquors and places like that that you could go in and they had a couple of taps, but we were the first ones to have 30 draft taps, 450 bottled beers. Um, and we actually opened with no food program for the first year we were there. So that kind of came after the fact. Um, we did have also a huge wine program, which very quickly fell to the wayside. So, um, yeah, so we kind of essentially introduced every brand that came into the state. We would do the launch party for years and years. Um, and it was fun in that any of the local breweries. So we had some pretty great brewers over at uh, Gordon Biersch and BJ's. So these guys didn't really have much of an outlet for their fun one-off beers back then. We always received all of those things. Like what was the one, um, the first time I had Burning Bird from Sonora and Sonora, you know, that whole name thing. Um, 
they were using all citra hops in different beers back then. And it was like revolutionary, you know, things like that, like real true throwbacks. That the Sonoran that people might know from like what their white chocolate ale is that the, from like the same one? Uva on um, the Camelback location. Oh, and that's yeah, whole thing yeah. too. It's very confusing because there was Sonora, Sonora, Sun Up. Yeah, now it's Sun Up Brew. Yeah, yeah. But then there was also the Pinnacle Peak Patio. Mm, part mm, of right. it. <laughs> yeah. yeah so the, it, it's yes that whole thing is a little confusing mm. but um yeah so it, it was kind of interesting and we were definitely the launch pad and one of the partners bruce he actually very early into our first year he split off and he started little guy distributing so he and his son cb they're responsible for bringing alesmith Anderson Valley, Allagash, Left Hand, Tabernash, which doesn't exist Dog anymore. Fish. Dogfish Head. Wow. Mm-hmm. Um, Avery. Avery. Great Divide. Probably Redstone. Uh, Redstone Mead. I could go on and on. Those beers were here because Bruce and his son went out and sought after those beers to bring them to Arizona. Yeah, and I then, remember when people were talking about how Allagash used to be out here. Yeah. Now they kind of like lament the days that, you know, like, oh, those were great days and yeah. they, they don't find it anymore. What's interesting is Rob Todd, the owner, he, I, I knew him through the industry and saw him and was talking to him and he's like, my beer is down there. We're not distributing there. But there was this <laughs> program where they were sending beer to Colorado and Bruce was able to pick up pallets of different beers and they'd bring the pallet down oh, and then cool. that was how we had access to it. So, um, but then they sold that portfolio to Crescent Crown and that became the world-class beer division, which has now um, been absorbed obviously because the world is different and, you know, craft beer doesn't have to have its own tiny niche anymore. So yeah, there's a little bit of the history. I don't, hopefully I touched on all the So then when did you guys, or I guess, when did you said you became a managing partner? When did Huss kind of come around and then how did the Papago, how did the Papago Huss like transition happen? So um, we found out we were having our daughter in 2010 at Strong Beer was the first conversation we actually had. Everything in our universe seems to kind of revolve around Strong Beer. Uh, (laughs) As I told you earlier off record, we met at Strong Beer. And I don't know if you knew that Strong Beer started. Strong Beer, yeah, for sure. Yeah, (laughs) Strong Beer actually started in my back parking lot. We hosted the first Strong Beer in at the back of Papago. Oh wow! Yeah, it was actually an Ash event, and uh, it was wildly successful. We we fenced off some of the growth back parking lot, and um, yeah, it was nothing like you know it today. (laughs) (laughs) Well, it's nothing like we're going to see it this weekend. Right. Right. Yeah, it's come a long way, and I'm here for it. and so, yeah, we found out we were having our daughter start our conversations about what that would look like. And it kind of only made sense. We looked for buildings forever and kind of were on the fence about, do we want something that's super cool, but are we going to be making a lot of beer? And so it was a really hard situation. Uh, and we landed, as you know, in the old Rio Salada Brewery down in South Tempe because we did decide to open with a 30 barrel system after we spoke to my business partners and realized that we were going to bring all the Papago beers to be produced in-house at Huss. At that point in time, they were just kind of, we used to call it the foster child of craft beer. They were being produced anywhere that somebody would make them for us and <laughs> we would sell them. Um, and so... Yeah, so we brought them in and we canned them for the first time at Huss Brewing. So um, I sold my shares back to my partners in 2015. And in 2016, we bought the brand because I knew that the plaza was going to be demoed. Um, 
And I had said earlier that the Maloof brothers built that plaza in 1974 on the southwest corner of Scottsdale Road and McDowell. And Mr. Maloof and his then I believe it was his cousin sold that property off. So I knew the demo was coming its way and and we would pull the brand in house and it's been ours ever since. Love it. And then, uh, did, did you ever go there, Johan? It had, was that no? That was before my, that was okay. before my uh, my craft that was beer before. Time. That, yeah, that was uh, such a, a fun little location that um, it was like one of the first spots that I remember having like a, a place having board games out for people yeah. to play. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know if you guys invented that or came up with that concept, but it was, that was always fun. It was like brand new to me when yeah. I first started going places and kind of had like. <laughs> You know, like the wood everywhere, that kind of wood feel yeah. of like wood seats, benches, stuff yeah. like that. And uh, I just remember, you know, always having some beer that I'd never heard of there. Yeah. And that was always such a great memory from from Papago. Well, you could drink a beer you'd never heard of. And then you could play the 1990s version of Trivial Pursuit. That that's right. As well, with modern or current times. Yeah, it was, it was really difficult. There might have been like a missing piece to the yeah. sorry board, exactly. and, you know, but. Pop culture from 1988. Not very easy. That's yeah. what happened. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so, yeah because they probably all came from the thrift store down the street. To be honest. <laughs> the Goodwill. <laughs> Uh, so the beers you guys have on tap here, you said earlier, are a bit of a throwback to kind of what you had yeah. at Papco. So t- tell us a little bit. Give us some highlights of what you... I mean, you have Chimay on tap, which Yeah, is- we always had Chimay um, and the Golden Jock, which, again, it was kind of hard to find Belgian beer on draft. Um, so Redstone Meadery, David and Madoka Myers are good friends of ours, and we're always... Out here, excuse me, we did the bocce tournament for Dogfish Head with them. Um, Odell, Doug Odell is kind of Jeff, been Jeff's mentor in this industry. All good friends of ours up at Odell. Um, Jeff is also very close with Adam Avery. So we have Avery on. They're, ho- they're also from the same hometown. Um, Speedway Stout is one that we had. We always were one of the big sellers for all the Alesmith beers, big supporters. Um, my partner, Ron, was from San Diego, and so he was a big proponent of all the California beers and um, also very close friends with Tebow and Arlo Ska and uh, Breckenridge Ross from Alaskan. And so a lot of these all kind of harken back to the stuff that we would have on tap at Papago for this opening list, you know, with some other stuff mixed in, obviously Lacumbre wasn't around, you know, back in the way back in the day. Um, but you know, I mean, Alaskan Amber, I mean, it's that to me, like we always had that on tap over at Papago just mm-hmm. because that was before the, the rise of the blondes and the loggers and the things like that. Yeah, right. Amber's were so big back Very in that much. day. All the like mm-hmm. the Killians and yep. uh other ones I know yeah. I'm forgetting, but um a fat tire, that yeah. sort of style. Yeah. Yep. Yep. The old fat tire. Yep. So that's kind of yeah, it what inspired our our opening list. And then uh, plenty of like throwbacks to Papago's old brews, right? Um, yeah. Orange Blossom is obviously one you yep. guys uh, continued with Huss and under the Papago brand. And then um, recently the Cherry Blossom, kind of a variant yep. of that. And Coconut Joe's been around for a while and you yep. just brought back, uh, what is it, the Blueberry Wheat? Was that was that one that nope. you've had or is that a brand nope. new one? In fact, the Cherry actually we did at the old Papago. We did do okay. the Cherry. The Blueberry's brand spanking new. Okay. Um, the Elsie's is one of the ones. Ron had a dog named Elsie. Um, who looked like a little spotted cow. And that's like a milk stout kind of, mm-hmm. yeah. Ice cream coffee milk stout. Um, mm. And uh, the Coconut Joe, we had that one as well. And then you can look for 
us to bring back El Robusto Porter, which was CB's um, Hopago IPA, um, and then the Oud Cypers, which everyone may or may not remember from Van Steenberg. We had our own bottles of that as well as a draft tap. So that is making its way from Belgium. So TBD on when that'll be on. Love that. Very fun. I mean, it's so how many taps in total here at this 60. new Papago? 60 in Ooh, total. Double what we had at Papago. That's amazing. And I mean, that's that's Dennis impressive. Was always our, our 30th handle. So here it'll be our 60th. And there's uh, Mug Club is coming back at this yeah. location, right? She's going to go find one of the mug clubs you can get at Papago, the Papago Brewing 2.0. So these Mesa are our River. new mugs. Cool. They're very fancy. Yes. The jackalope has kind of hilariously become our mascot here just um, through the design process. I knew that I wanted to have one on the wall and our designer has taken it and really like run with it on all of the markets. I love that. Oh, there you go. <laughs> yes. So that wasn't a holdover from the old no. brass tap. Uh... We had no, okay. and we had yeah. no uh, taxidermy here or the old Papago. <laughs> this, this camera's blocking it. There's a little jackalope on the wall. Yeah. yeah we'll we to, we'll see it on yeah, the other ones. Um, so the, these aren't yeah. these aren't your handiwork, Jeff. You didn't no, uh, have no, a hand. Okay. Yeah, they're hard to find. Yeah. And yeah. his name? Yeah, his name is Archibald Hopkins the Third. Yes, I love that. Mm -hmm. I love that. As in Hopkins, but also Jeff's mother's maiden name is Hopkins. So. Okay. And Archibald is a family name. It's like a great, 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 great grandpa, I believe. Is yeah, that's awesome. And they tell stories while they're while you're here too, probably right. <laughs> <laughs> so Jeff. From your so you you came from BJ. I BJ's. came from BJ's, yes. And then what what's been kind of your your so story up until now? Started at well, uh, went to brewing school. It's half in Chicago, half in Munich, Germany. Uh, it's called the Siebel Institute, Dumans Academy. Um, I got hired back then. It was a lot more difficult to find a job in the Midwest or anywhere. There were only about seventeen hundred breweries in the country compared to the 10,000 now. Wow. Um, so I ended up moving from Illinois out to Arizona. I got a job. I got hired by BJ's, got hired by Derek Osborne, Doc, from who's now with Metal House. Mm -hmm. uh, I was the head brewer there for seven years. And then after seven years, I guess that took us to 2013, split off and started Husk Brewing Company. Amazing. There's so many people here that you meet in Arizona that kind of got their start through a BJ's and, yeah. um, and then maybe went on to like four peaks or Santan yeah. and, and then kind of branched out from there. So like a lot of the smaller breweries, you know, you hear about those stories. Yeah. I started with doc at, at BJ's or, <laughs> you know, like I, what doc and Melissa Osborne yeah. from four peaks, they met at, at BJ's. Right. Yep. Yeah. So you guys, you guys, um, you know, you're part of that. And that's why, you know, you say like the Arizona beer scene always seems like one kind of family, one big yeah. family and everyone kind of branches off now and, and has their own success. So yeah. it's, it's really cool to, to hear about that. Yeah, I, made, definitely. I made that Doc and Melissa's wedding cupcakes. For Did you really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, um, this, this spot, you, you guys, you mentioned you're going to have some food here. Is it a lot like the, the Hus Uptown location where it's, you know, like sausages and that sort of thing? What, what's the menu like? Yeah. Here? So we're mixing a little bit of that in just because I love a shareable situation. Our friend group is kind of a show up and we'll order some stuff for the table through the process of hanging out. Um, we did bring back some of the stuff from Papago, but completely 
revamped from its 2002 version. <laughs> some of the, the pizzas, um, some of the sandwiches. But again, you know, with like a modern twist on it, the gobbler no longer has bacon and it has pesto. It's very fancy. Um, the T-Rex pizza is pretty much the same, but it doesn't have the bacon on it as well. It has now the crispy salami, which if you haven't tried that yet. Might is, change your world. Yeah. Those just sound like I'm just gonna need to buy, drink more beer, order more beer when I get those, <laughs> right. right? Yeah. That, that's what that's what the food is is for, right? Yes. Yeah. So, the other uh, thing about uh, when we you know release this episode will be on uh, Thursday, February 16th, start of Beer Week. Um, what do you guys have planned for Beer Week between this location, the Hus locations? Kind of walk me through that, and then obviously Strong Beer on Saturday. Do you guys know what you're pouring there? So we um, here are not doing a whole lot, to be honest with you, because we knew getting opened. I was saying earlier, we had keys on December 2nd and opened on February 2nd. So that's kind of a blistering pace to blistering pace to get all of the paperwork and whatnot done. The interior was not what the holdup was, just getting everything filed and put together. Um, So intentionally, we didn't plan a whole bunch, but we are doing an industry brewer's breakfast on Sunday here at nine o'clock. Beers. Burritos, Brewers, and Breckenridge. There you go. Bringing it back for our All the bees. I like it. Yeah. So um, if you don't know, Tebow, for years at the Breckenridge down by the ballpark in Denver, used to host a breakfast for, is it the morning of JBF? Right before awards, before they moved it and they they made it a whole thing. You could go there and they hosted this big breakfast. And then he brought it down and they did it at Santan for a while. And then Santan has decided that they are going to pass the torch. So we're making it less fancy. Um, And so that will be happening on Sunday and then Saturday, obviously the festival, um, we have a silent disco on Friday night. I know that much at, uh, uptown, the, um, oh my gosh, my my blank casual pint. Um, what else is happening? I had a check filter for that. Yep. Um, exciting. That's awesome. Oh my gosh. We are doing a meet the brewers night downtown. Forget what they're doing uptown. Cause you know, we only have like 7,000 events planned <laughs> yeah, right? across the, the board. Beers that you made for beer week though. Um, our daughter asked for a beer called pink pineapple haze. So it is literally a hazy IPA with pink <clears throat> pineapples. So there's that one. Barrel aged Doppelbach. Ooh. Um, Chuck Pilsner. Senfo is out right now. Yeah, I think uh, your brewer, uh, Matt, told us about that when we interviewed him last about that barrel-aged Doppelbach. Yeah. I think that, yeah, so that's been in the yeah. works for yeah. a while. Yeah, he kind of teased us uh, about we, that. We threw it in uh, September 21st, I think I saw the, sure. it the other day. So it's uh, Stranahan Whiskey Barrels. Um, I'm definitely going to come by the tent to try. Yeah, that's that's who yeah. was telling me that story about Stranahan Whiskey. I was telling somebody about that the other day that... Um, whiskey barrels he was saying that those come really really wet and there's almost like a full bottle of whiskey left over by the time you get the wit you know so it's great to order from them otherwise you know you get from like a like a buffalo trace or something there's they just like like suck all the whiskey out of the wood the big guys yeah the uh, the smaller ones are usually a little bit more brewer friendly for sure for sure so it's just another one of those things that's hard to, uh, I don't know, we've been working on this forever and I'm drawing a blank on all the things that are coming out right now. <laughs> what sour. We've got yeah, a, a ginger, got a sour. sour, ginger, lemon ginger sour. 
Um, I don't know. You know how this works. Yeah, there's we always. We actually did all this two months ago. <laughs> there's always so many things that that come out during beer week, yeah. so it's it's just interesting to try to try to keep track of it, everything. Yep. And then, um, but but strong beer, you guys will be there. Yep. You always have a big presence there. Um, beer week or Super Bowl week? What what do you prefer here in Arizona? Uh, well, when we the just Super Bowl's it in town, <laughs> yeah. uh, it, it does a little bit better for uh, sales probably than Beer Week, but uh, sorry. <laughs> um, but yeah, I mean, they're both incredible. We really go through a lot of product and it's nice to be able to showcase some of the stuff that we don't, you know, a lot of people have had Scottsdale Blonde, not a whole lot of people have had a Pink Pineapple Haze. Actually, nobody for has sure. a Pink Pineapple Haze right not now. Yet. So not yet. Yeah, yeah. I'd imagine that downtown location was of yours at the convention center was pretty nutty over the last wild. week or so, right? So we, again, kind of, you know, we obviously work in like two months ago planning, but we did have mm-hmm. to get credentialed and never picked our credentials up. Uh, but what was cool was they did the NFL honors. The red carpet walked right through our big metal fences. They built a stage. So they blacked out all of our signage, obviously, on Thursday. Um, but they built a stage where the people who were speaking interviewed everybody who came through the red carpet. And we were... Heather was like furnishing them with beers on the super secret down low. So we do have pictures. They, they tagged us at the end and, and awesome. we're very gracious about it. Um, but yes, it was a little bit wild down there. And to be honest, we kind of stayed far away because for sure they were like, hey, don't come if you don't have to. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, I, I did the same thing, but I did see from afar on, on Instagram, uh, like some big name, you know, NFL network celebrities were there holding Hus beers in their yes. hand and, yeah. and posing with them. So that, oh, yeah. that you know, like, congrats on that. That's, that's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. Jerry Rice was our biggest one, I think Saturday. Yeah. Just come out. Yeah. Hung out for a while. Did he? Yeah. Oh, very cool. And our GM down there, Heather, who is an absolute gem, just the sweetest human alive. Her dad, is a former NFL uh, referee and her brother oh, is cool. active. Yeah. So, and I don't know if you know the gun show at hockey. So that's her oh, dad. Yeah. yeah he's <laughs> a, a local attorney here, he right? Is, yeah. yeah. He's now yeah. retired that's from so everything, fun. but so for her, it was a cool, it was cool for us to have her down there because she's very much like in the know. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. So I was telling uh, you guys earlier off, off the, uh, the microphone, how I feel like, Huss was definitely a, a, a large part of my sort of uh, craft beer education and like the way it, it's really the beer I started drinking when I got away from the PBRs and yeah. all that. So you guys have been around for, you know, what is it now? 20? It'll, no, it's 10 oh, years. 10, 10 years for Huss? Yeah. This in what? August. This summer. Okay. Yeah. August. And so congrats. The industry you. here in Phoenix obviously has changed dramatically in that time. What? What what's like your takeaway? Like what's your favorite thing or highlights of the last ten years and how you've seen the community sort of grow? I mean, I feel like the last ten years has been in like hyperdrive. Do you feel like sometimes I black yeah. out? All a blur, right? <laughs> I feel that way with my kids. They're fourteen right? and twelve. I'm like, where did that go? <laughs> yeah. I think that we may have been and I'm kind of drawing a little bit of a blank on these numbers, but I think that we were about the thirty second or thirty fifth brewery uh in Arizona. And now there's about a hundred of them. Yeah. So it's mm-hmm. pretty incredible what I shouldn't say too sluggish, but you know, the first 30 years of, right. of craft beer here, how long um, it took to get to 30 and then how quickly we got to, you know, the mm-hmm. additional 70. It's mm-hmm. pretty incredible. Mm-hmm. And it's such a, you know, when you, when you, when people talk about craft beer on a national scale, I feel like Arizona and Phoenix is like not talked about enough. Yeah. And maybe that's because I'm not having, 
too many conversations with people all over the country. But do you guys think Arizona's beer scene is a little underrated nationally? And like, what, I think what? it's always been very underrated. Yeah. yeah. I mean, and this is coming from, you know, obviously I've been around, but I will tell you, like back when we used to have beer festivals, what would happen is all of the Colorado and California breweries would come because we didn't have enough breweries to throw a festival, you know, in the early days. And I mean, that's 2001, 2002. Um, and so, yeah, I mean, I do think, and, and obviously with us catching up and we did have, you know, some roadblocks and some stumbles, I think on some stuff with some quality of some of the things that were going on. And I feel like it's vastly different now. I think our beer scene is amazing and everybody is really making great beer and but we do not get very much national attention at all um and i have i know tried very hard to talk to brewers association and to even like have them look at us for a cbc you know and, and the, even in october i was like hey we're having both the super bowl and the, the golf tournament at the same time. And then we're doing, you know, the next year, March Madness, like to get a take just to get a CBC down here, you yeah. know, if we can host the Super Bowl. Right. So I do think very much we get overlooked. Yeah. And that's the Craft Brewers Convention, right? The Craft Brewers Conference. Conference. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that would be cool. It would be amazing. That'd yeah. Be, that, that brings in the biggest names. 14,000 craft brewers beer. from across okay. the country. Yeah. Yep. So I don't know. I yeah. Mean, <laughs> well, we'll, we'll keep working at it for sure. Yeah. And I, the other thing that, you know, uh, we from Phoenix Magazine love us so much because you guys have been coming to so many of our events. You guys came to yep. uh, Best Fest last year. Um, you guys came to the Beer Fest, our Beer Fest. Big part of the award. Some of, you, uh, yeah. some of your folks, Chip, yeah. um, your craft, uh, the Minister of Craft Beer. Yeah. He was very instrumental behind the scenes yeah. in um, organizing the awards and how beers were poured for the judges mm -hmm. and stuff so chasing away anyone that wanted to go yeah. back to the yeah. us is going to be a here. dish fest coming up on march yeah, 5th that's right yes. so yeah we love we love that you guys are so involved with our stuff and we'll hopefully we get to have you in all of our other events yeah and it, another we great thing is <laughs> you guys you, you talking about all those craft beer uh craft breweries out there Huss is like their logo is attached to a lot of collabs out there like i just had one um the rise and shine coffee pale ale that you guys did with lake pleasant mm -hmm. and i mean you, you can go to any store right now and find the huss is collabed with somebody out there so you guys are not only doing well for yourselves but you're also helping out some of these like up-and-coming breweries that you know somebody might see no Huss for the last 10 years yeah. and they see, Oh, what's this, you know, Lake Pleasant or what's this simple machine all about. And so you and that's cool that. because I mean, you said that the, you guys are the third largest, mm -hmm. right. As after mm -hmm. was that Santana and Four Peaks. Yeah. Uh -huh. I, don't, I don't see them doing collabs. So it's really cool to see, you know, the, the third largest brewery still, you know, it's still in that, yeah, and that still feels nice. like a small that. brewery yeah. in, in yeah. a way. What's Jeff that? is very much like he was helped a lot and still continues to get help. And the reality is, is that, and it, it's something that I've always admired. He says he doesn't know everything and he's constantly learning. And the minute you think that you know everything, you should just hang it up because, mm -hmm. you know, you're basically going to get bypassed, you know. And so he's very passionate about that. Um, and we still, I mean, to this day, with the guys at Four Peaks and, you know, Malfi and everybody. I mean, that's, we came into it at the right time, I think, yeah. because it was so small, you know, and still to be in touch and to be friends with a lot of the people that have been around for as long as we have. But 
It's such a cool community. It it's is. Such a cool community. Yeah, it yeah. is. And our, our people outside of it don't understand. His brother-in-law, our brother-in-law is like, I don't get this. How are you competing against these people? He's but a you're financial like advice. giving them advice. <laughs> right, what right. are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't want to you want to go out and crush them, right? That's yeah. that should be the goal. No. I mean, just look at what's changed in the industry for me personally over the last 16 years or 17 or 18 or whatever it is for me. Um, what we were taught in brewing school, um, specifically with like hops and stuff like that, it's it's completely changed how we had more or less, you 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 know the the hops that you threw in at the beginning of the boil were for bittering, and then, you know, you could never consider throwing in hops at some of the different temperatures. That right, we're throwing them in now, and we're starting to figure out how to get some of the more fruity uh, pieces of the hops, and, and you know stuff like that, almost make it taste like you're actually using fruit when you're not, because we're altering lower temperatures, and a lot of breweries that have experimented with this stuff, and they're uh, very willing to kind of help out and talk about that stuff yeah. it's very interesting did did hops even have names like they do now or are you guys like all yes, obsessed with having like so yeah. much fewer now they're like printed on the can and everyone's like oh yeah this is simcoe this is my favorite here yeah, yeah people, i don't think people really talked about them as much right it's like cascade and simcoe maybe yeah 15 years ago but that's definitely changed a lot everybody's looking for mosaic and citra now mm -hmm. what's kind of crazy is how all of the uh the the brewing community kind of was like, stop making all this cascade and all this centennial because all we want is citra and mosaic. And then you fast forward 10 years from that point and everybody's like, where's all the cascade? Everybody's yeah. going back. Everything comes right. and flows. So. And then there was this, the hop shortage of 2007, yeah, that was which fun. was when, you <laughs> so that's when Santan opened too. And I remember always forwarding Anthony emails, like Sam Adams would be raffling off or giving away a box of hops. And I'd be like, do this, you know, yeah. or and I know he was going to the local homebrew store to try and scrounge up stuff from Jeffrey over at homebrew outpost or homebrew depot and, and whatnot. So yeah, there was that, the little things that you kind of, you know, I feel like I've been through it between a recession, hop shortage, nine 11. That was, that was the year we opened that happened. So, Papago, we we really have kind of yeah, yeah. and yeah, and sure. people love to come in and drink beer during times of yeah. distress. So uh, it really does bring people together. Yeah, it kind of goes back to what you said about the food too. You know, you you like you, you like having food that people can share. Yeah. And like for me, beer is is a inherently community based thing, yeah. right? Yeah. And like I'll I'll go and buy some, you know, crazy barrel aged 15% monstrosity and it'll yeah. sit in my fridge until I have two or three people over yeah. that I can share it with yeah, because there's no drinking. way I'm drinking that yeah. by myself. You're right? not drinking like, those alone. Yeah. It's yeah. there for that reason. Yeah. And so that's that's what I love about the beer community. And I mean, you guys are obviously a huge part of that. So this morning we were um I was telling you our stories about how our first Valentine's Day, but the first day that we actually met. Well, he came into Papago and he bought a, an Alaskan smoked porter and he still has not opened it. We're still holding on to that smoked wow. porter. It's 2004, 2005, probably. Uh -huh. yeah. Wow. It's moved with me about nine times or so. <laughs> <laughs> so is a beer that's been bottled for that long. I mean, will it taste the same? Will it? It's been refrigerated all along the way. I don't know. Hmm. What's your take on it? Well, do they go bad? A I smoked mean, beer at high alcohol? Uh, that one should be okay. Yeah. Some of them, I mean, it just depends on the quality control. Yeah. And, you know, obviously, uh, oxidation is very much a thing. A lot of totally. these darker beers will kind of, 
they get uh, like an umami flavor to them okay. after they've been sitting for too long. It kind of tastes like soy sauce, which is pretty gross. But um, yeah, I mean, I you know, if you're gonna really buy excited to open yeah, this if bottle, you, <laughs> if you're gonna buy something, hold on to it for 15 years. You definitely have your fingers crossed when you're opening it. Yeah, right. If Truth you're is, if you're me, like, most people don't even notice. I don't think probably. we're we're saving it for anything to like open it for something special yeah. either you know it's just ended up that way it's the next cubs world series win that's what he's saying yeah. for. <laughs> <There you go. laughs> or a Bears super bowl win are you guys like all the chicago teams there yeah yeah okay yeah the Bears super bowl may not happen many times yeah, <laughs> hey, yeah. come on there's next year hey they're always there always is you know in the NFL, <laughs> we're, so. we're cardinals fans man. yeah i can't say much i'm not saving anything yeah. for cardinals that's for sure <laughs> that's our other team in the house and our daughter has decided that she's like screw it all i'm a chiefs fan yeah right <laughs> It's easy right now. Yeah, right. You sign them up for flag football, and they become they get an Eagles jersey. I'm like, hey, I'm I'm a big fan of Jalen Hurts now. Yeah. So, <laughs> but um, all right, well, thank you guys so much. This is Papago Brewing awesome. Company, Mesa Riverview. It's it's reborn here in Mesa. Um, check it out. It's uh right by the Cinemark Theater. Is that movie theater still running? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It's been there for a while. Yeah. Um, Turn at the Chili's, and then you can't miss Papago Brewing. It's yeah. right there on the corner, um, right by the – there's a Hubbard Swim School. Yep. That's where my kids learn to swim. So I know this area very well, and yep. um, can't wait to come back in here and check it out uh, in person and when it's open. When do, when do you guys open? What are the hours? Uh, well, starting on the 25th, like I said, we'll be open for lunch. Okay. So moving forward from that day. So right now we're just open during the week at 3 o'clock. But that'll be short-lived. That's just till next week. Awesome. So. Awesome. Well, congrats on the new location. It's awesome in here. Um, it's, it's the old brass tab, but now it's Papago 2.0. So yep. Jeff and Leah, thank you so much. Thank you, guys. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Very much. Well, thanks a lot to Jeff and Leah Huss for uh, inviting us out there to check out Papago Brewing Company. It's at Mesa Riverview, which is right up there at the 202 in Dobson. Check them out. Um, it's where that big brass pro shops is. There's a movie theater there. Papago Brewing took over that location where the brass tap, if you're familiar with that. They are right now up until February 25th open at three for a kind of like a happy hour dinner kind of time. And then starting after that, they will be open for lunch. So make sure to check them out. Papago Brewing Company, um, awesome location there at Mesa Riverview, Dobson, the 202. Go in there, ch- turn left at the Chili's. Also make sure that you check out Huss uh, when they appear at Dish Fest coming up on March 5th. Huss is going to be there. We're going to have other beer vendors from uh, Phoenix Beer Co. Uh, Oso just signed up, just to name a few going to be a great time with uh, restaurants from all over the valley some of our favorite dishes from tia carmen one of our best new restaurants um, flavors of louisiana buck and rider is going to be a shucking oysters for the vip lounge century grand will be mixing up cocktails for the vip lounge as well some of our favorites like caldwell county barbecue um, Maddie B's popcorn, all kinds of great uh, food vendors, food trucks like Random AF Taqueria, Salsa Bites, all kinds of great uh, dishes. If you were there last year, we um, we had a great time. You got to sample all kinds of great food, and it all benefits the Joy Bus charity, the the great work that Jennifer Caraway and her team are doing over at the Joy Bus Diner. Uh, portion of the proceeds from Dish Fest benefit the Joy Bus, so. Make sure you sign up. Tickets are still available at tickets.phoenixmag.com. Tickets.phoenixmag.com. 
get your VIP. Those are almost sold out. You get in an hour early and you get access to those uh, VIP lounge folks that we mentioned, Century Grand and Buck and Rider. So make sure you get your VIP tickets soon. Those are going to sell out very, very soon. The general admission tickets are still available at tickets.phoenixmag.com. We'll see you at DishFest, tickets.phoenixmag.com. Mm-hmm.